0: Welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology, and everything that's good in this world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom.
1: Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom UK.
0: And joining us today is Nadine Thompson. How are you doing, Nadine?
2: I'm good, thanks, Andrew. And Sue, great to be here.
0: Good
2: Nadine,
1: properly. Eh, sorry, sorry. we met before,
2: actually, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. we, met
1: before, we have met before. <laughs> it but was it was a while like ago, pre lockdown, pre pandemic, Sue. Difficult to remember pre <laughs> it's lockdown a time. Yeah. Anyway, good to see you again,
2: and you.
0: Nadine is is MediaCom's Global Chief Technology Officer, leading our technology strategy and delivering our different technology solutions to benefit and grow our clients and evolve and support their businesses. Uh, Her career today is incredible, focused on leading the transformation of businesses through technology change. Based in London, she has most recently been consulting with News UK and Capita Group, on technology strategy and operating model restructures, but she's also worked at Condé Nast International, where she was Group Technology Director, um, and she led the tech, where she led the tech team across Europe and Asia, helping to align and develop tech solutions, both back in the office of the, com- the consumers. And prior to this, she was Technology Director for View Cinemas and STA Travel. She has more than 14 years international technology experience working across a variety of sectors, including travel, automotive, and media.
1: And what, and as Andrew said, what an awesome, what an awesome biog, amazing. Um, now, my first question is is fairly loaded because it's how have your first 10 months differed to what you expected them to be? And clearly, as we've just um, <laughs> mentioned, certainly the last few months have been completely different to what anyone expected. But but anyway, how does the question, how, how have things been different at Mediacom from what you expected? Um, well,
2: I certainly didn't expect a pandemic. No. Nobody was expecting <laughs> no, a pandemic. No, no, well, maybe not. Um, I didn't expect to be sort of creating, I suppose, this client dashboards on the impact of COVID on the industries and media mm-hmm. spend. Um, I knew when I took on uh, the CTO role and accepted the CTO role, it was going to be about, helping Mediacom be a great tech-enabled business and make sure that we could compete in what is an incredibly fast-changing industry um, and a fast-changing world, especially when it comes to technology.
1: And especially um, now.
2: And especially now. Like, I mean, the acceleration of technology was, I mean, it's already fast the pace of change and it's just accelerated tenfold over the last few months as I'm sure we've all seen in the experiences we've had both in our personal lives and our work lives. Um, and you, often you don't quite know the detail of what exactly your the role is going to need to be until you get under the skin of a company and really get to understand and know the organisation. And so I've spent a bit of time in the last sort of 10 months obviously doing that. Um, and I was just commenting to Andrew before we started that I was... I was really glad the pandemic didn't happen in my first few months because it would have been really hard to get my head around the organisation. It's quite a complex organisation of many parts. Um, and you've It's got, very organic, isn't it? It's very organic. So it's been great that, well, it's been great. It's been, I think, I'm thankful that the pandemic didn't happen just as I started and gave me a few months to get my feet under the table. Mm. Um, but having done that, I sort of see the role, um, I think, need to deliver on four areas for the organisation um that for is that we need as an organization to be that kind of uh leading force in the in the industry and it's about tech enabling our business um for solving some of our business challenges so things like automation i think is a, a key one that we see throughout the business i also think the role um is really important for us in um Supporting our new business model, so things like um, Blink um, and the MarTech consultancy that we're looking at globally, things like creative systems and the technology we need to lead and have a unique uh, proposition in that area. That, I think, is another um, key aspect Which of the Which we're world. very close to launching, by the way, aren't we? Yeah, we're yeah. There. There's, there's yes. lots, so, yeah, lots of exciting things coming. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm sure you'll hear it here on this podcast first. <laughs> yes, watch this space, yeah. And then the other two um, sort of areas um, that, sort of, that sort of, I think has come out from getting to understand the organisation is a need to focus on making our staff um, and their lives easier, particularly now. Um, consolidating our tech tools, we have a huge amount of technologies out there, huge. <laughs> and we need to join up our data flow better um, so that one, you know, input from one tool comes into the, you know, the output of one tool comes into the input of another. And that's an area I think I can really help. And then finally, so just, you know, in the spare time, I think it's about scaling innovation. And we have such mm. amazing tech products out there that I think we need to scale those and consistently deliver differentiation for our clients. Mm. But kind of coming back, making sure I sort of answer your question. I mean, just reflecting on the last uh, 10 months. Um, I think there's been three things for me which have been really pleasant surprises um, and pleasant um, areas where my expectations different to, differed to reality. And, the first one is that we do live the People First um, ethos, mm-hmm. and that is something I had heard about, I'd read about, I'd spoken mm-hmm. to people about. I went through the interview process with Nick Lawson and Jim McGlashan and Helen Brown, who's obviously now WPP, mm-hmm. and I'd really felt that they were they believed that People First ethos, and so I hoped that I would live mm-hmm. it when I got to the organization. And what I found was the levels of collaboration globally within Mediacom and between Mediacom and Group M are much deeper and much um, stronger than I expected. And I think that really refer- reflects the people first ethos. Mm. Um, and some of that oh, interest in our well-being of our staff. And I do think thats that, that's been something I was um, that diff- that perhaps I didn't quite expect to be as strong as it is. So that's been mm. really a really pleasant surprise.
1: Mm. Well, that's good to hear. That is good to hear.
2: Um, My second um, area I think that's differed is um, the level of engagement from WPP. So, there's a new technology office, a CTO office uh, led by Stefan Pretorius, uh, Mark Reed has set up in WPP. And they're engaging technology leaders like myself um, and bringing us together to help steer the tech strategy. And I hadn't expected the ability to influence the wider group strategy, and that's been really positive and to make sure that Mediacom's voice is... Is considered in that area, and then I suppose lastly, and I, I've, I mentioned innovation. I expected Mediacom to be innovative. It's very entrepreneurial. It's a great, uh, it's an organisation with great storytellers and great creatives. But I've been hugely impressed with the range of products that we have. Um, across the markets and what people have been able to do on sometimes some um, small budgets or some, mm-hmm. um, some small resources and being able to actually deliver. So I think that's a really exciting area that's been slightly different as well. Good, that sounds good.
0: Wow, yeah, that's so good. I'm, I'm really excited uh, to, just to hear all those things. I'm uh, looking forward to the future. Um, one thing, you've come in now and you've got a massive role. How do you focus on what is important and then not get involved or dragged into absolutely everything that you can be involved into
2: it's a really good question and so it's one that i um I reflect on quite a lot because i do get involved in lots of different things and i'm naturally quite a curious person and i love to hear about different mm-hmm. things and learn different things so it is something that you need to be quite i think focused on to make sure that you are um, really um, working on what's the most important i mean At a really top level, I'm obviously led by the agency strategy, previously set by Steve and now being set by Nick on the sort of systems thinking um, sort of area. And I'm applying that to technology. And for me, that means ecosystems, not silos. Mm -hmm. And implying that to technology, that's sort of applying my approach to um, how I will go about um, implementing a technology approach and technology strategy through MediaCom. Um, and it's sort of taking that strategy and also um, working with Gigi, the global chief uh, digital officer and my colleagues in um, APAC and US and EMEA from the um, presidents to the CEOs, to product officers to the lots of different people in that organisation to understand where we're going together and also working and setting expectations with them. I have some pretty rigorous diary management so um, Gemma Zerfaz does an amazing job of um, uh, scheduling very back-to-back meetings but also giving me time for for work and also time to think and I think that's really important is having time in your diary just to reflect and plan um, and not just do and that's been I think something that as you become more senior in your role you become aware that you really need to do that. you this. cannot sacrifice that thinking time can you, you can't yeah. sacrifice that thinking time and what i actually do is i combine it with exercise time maybe a little bit bad i don't know i end up doing sort of running at lunchtime and i'll take an hour and a bit and i'll i'll do a run and i find that a great time yeah. just to kind of process and think through things and to plan ahead um it's just the way that what works for me and different things will work for different people so Yep, that, that's sort of, that's how, yeah. how I do it. <laughs>
0: I'm a, I'm a big believer in that running time, that, that, I think there was someone who said, you know, if, if you need to change your mind, change your physicality and running just changes everything and just opens up your mind, it gets more, I mean, t- biologically it gets more air into your brain doesn't it and allows you to help think more creatively and it, it it's a great meditative platform for well, those it's a,
1: just, it's, and it's flow activity because you're busy exactly <laughs> yeah. but you're not having to concentrate on what it is that you're doing so yeah
2: absolutely okay. and I think I mean, when I think about it, that's where I've set my strategy for the year. That's where I mean, that's where I've come along with what, a lot of ideas of what I'm going to do. Um,
1: so do, do, can I just ask, do you, do you take a notebook or do you just rely no. on remembering?
2: I remember remembering, and I kind of have a I, I suppose I um, I sort of count things. That's how I remember them. So I remember there's five things I need to remember when I get home <laughs> and I sort of tag them that way. I suppose it's a, a way of categorizing. I, I think quite a lot when I'm swimming. And obviously
1: I don't either really want to take an electronic device to speak into or no. <laughs>
2: in that in that
1: situation. So nope, yeah, I might get a bit a, wet. It's a, a good technique. It's kind of like remember the things that you're remote that, that will help you. Remember the monomic is probably yeah. the yeah, you need some common
2: exactly. Um, and then is with, that, I was just gonna say just with sort of setting the technology strategy, yeah. which I've done like a lot of my runs, I've also set priorities for the year. So I mean you set a kind of a what are you going to focus on for for year one? And can
1: you can you say those on yeah? On that? I've
2: got, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. So um, I've got five key priorities for this year. Um, they're the global client data and reporting. So making sure that we've got the right reporting and data for our global clients to make the right decisions and to optimise um, and plan their yes. campaigns. Yeah. So that's obviously a, a key a key one. Um, we're making some really good um uh, sort of uh, progress there this year. It's about product innovation. Is my second priority, and that's sort of innovating across the markets. And i um, I'd say these priorities are not things to be delivered all in year one, but I'm making inroads into a new one. Yeah. And for me, I'm starting this at the moment by a discovery of our tools, and also um, our product innovation is going to be helped through our tech community, which I'll speak about in just a second, which is a new uh, a new initiative I've just launched. Um, My third priority is about scaling our known products. So, um, and this is within the group and uh, so within MediaCom and also within the group. So we've had recent successes of mScreen and uh, Synthesis have moved on to WPP Open. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
2: the new technology platform across WPP that um, is allowing, is showcasing our leading tools for all our um, companies to enable different organizations in our WPV to take advantage of them and also to enable us to, to have a greater offering to our, our clients. So that's quite exciting. Um, and I'm looking at sort of scaling some MediaCom tools, Marvin and, and Spark. So we're a paid search governance and an e commerce yep. uh, optimization tool, or ones I'm looking at at the moment. Yep. That's my third one. <laughs> yeah. Fourth priority is um, joining up our tech and data ecosystem. That's easily said and not as easily done, <laughs> but that's for, we've got some fantastic tools. And for me, it's sort of better joining that data flow up. Um, and the system mm. would be the best example. I think we have of data flowing between modules, but I'd mm-hmm. love to see us doing that using some of the tools we have out in markets and, mm-hmm. um, and across the business. And then my fifth priority is working with the group, Group M. So there's a newly formed data and tech team uh, formed from the uh, M Platform and 260 team who are setting the strategy of what technology products Group M are going to deliver over the next Mm -hmm. few years. And the Group uh, Group M CIO office who look after the IBM infrastructure contract. Mm -hmm. And then WPP CTO. And for me, it's about helping direct that technology strategy so that Mediacom is – going to get a great benefit out of it and yeah. get the, the right benefits for the markets out of it and it's also about bringing tech products in those um uh, organized you know in the group into Mediacom um to enhance our business where that makes sense so they're my five priorities <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite quite a lot of busy yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so um apart from the diary management i'd say there's two things that i'm doing to actually deliver those and one is i've obviously got a great i've got two great teams behind me yeah um One is the Global Data Solutions team, which has evolved to deliver uh, client data tools, client internal project, uh, client tech solutions, internal tech projects, and to scale the tech tools. And the other one is um, the recently launched tech community, which um, we were speaking about um, just before the podcast. Um, So this is a new uh, global community that meets regularly to share information, to share knowledge, to grow our capability across the organization in tech. And it'll be a way of us joining up tech initiatives it'll be a way of us scaling tech products. there'll be a way of a way of us getting support for tech initiatives in different business areas or different markets and it's open to everyone throughout Mediacom um, and we've had a launch uh, at the end of June which was great. Um, I had a lot of interest in it and I'd encourage anyone who's involved in developing, supporting or just interested in tech to get involved. I have joined. Excellent. Thank you. Steve. You just join on Teams, right? You do. Yep. You have yeah. search on me uh, Teams for Mediacom tech community um, or it's on the My MediaCom homepage on the news as well. So, yeah, do join. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. Um,
2: how is uh, Mediacom different in terms of its needs from the media owners that you've um, worked for recently? Or is, is it is it different? It is differently different. Um I think media owners are very focused on web platforms and mobile apps. That's the key to how they reach their audience. Um, Business model, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's a business model change there. They're also really focused on moving from paper to online, uh, which is really tough when paper still brings the majority of revenue for media owners. So that's a kind of a a sort of a focus area. And they're focused on finding a unique voice in an online world Mm -hmm. um, to make sure they have differentiation and so when you look at Mediacom, we're really client focused and about how to do the best for our best communication strategy for each of our clients. And we're all really entrepreneurial. I'd say much more so than the media, um, than the media owners. We're always looking for those best solutions. And I, I want to do things a little bit differently to make yeah. sure that it's the best thing for our client. Um, a surprising thing that's different is that... Um, they're both data driven, but I'd say that Mediacom is more data driven than media, the media owners. Media owners don't shoot me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think from everything that we do from planning a campaign to yeah. activation, to optimizing, it's all about data and acquiring, crunching huge amounts of data. Mm-hmm. Um, and media owners definitely do look at data, but they look at it more in relation to audience and not necessarily in every mm-hmm. aspect of their business. Mm-hmm. The most stark um, difference um, particular tech perspective, is that we operate a huge number of tech pla- technology platforms to yeah. accommodate different yeah. tech stacks of each of our clients at a local level, at a global level, where media owners have a single set of tech. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the, the complexity that we, we, there's no way around that for us, right? We've got too many clients. It, it even even if I think about some of our uh, sister agencies, they've that they, if they've got if they've got a dominant client, then they can go with the dominant kind of solution. But we have wonderful, very different clients, and so it's you have you have to navigate that for us. Thank how, you, Dean. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, and how how are we going to align when we talk about automation? Then, for example, yeah, how are we going to align and automate when we've got? Different tech stacks, different DMPs, CMPs, DSPs, how, uh, buying systems, finance systems. That, that's a nightmare job, right?
2: It is. It is a. <laughs> it depends. A nightmare or exciting, depending. <laughs> on how, it's a thrilling challenge, I think. It's depends on whether you half glass half empty or glass half full. Um, I think it is It is definitely a challenge. Um, and you're right. I mean, you might have, when it comes to DCO, we might have Adidas use Celcher mm. as a DCO, and then we might have Mars use something like Flash Talking. Like, there's really those difference in every aspect of the technology platforms that our clients are using. Um, I think what it means, and it means when it comes to automation, is that our tech products that we build need to be really flexible and they need to integrate with a wide variety of platforms. Oh, so they need to be open ended, right? Yeah, they need, they do they need to be open I think that's a I think that's a key aspect of us being able to do this and it's about us having um, maybe our it's about our internal tools connecting them with lots of different technologies but maybe moving to um, having a, a more standard set of internal tools so that you can do some more automation more easily and it's also about our people. So our people need to be highly capable to be able to learn to use different products um, and to be able to adapt to different clients. And so it's about the mindset um, and capabilities that we have within the organization as well. So we need the best people working here. Absolutely. Fortunately, fortunately we have some of the best, very best, right? We do, So.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting more excited about the future of, of MediaCom and the technology that we're using. Um,
2: Work.
0: Take over the world, Andrew. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Well maybe we'll do that next
2: week. I've got a few things to get yeah. this yeah.
0: week. when the nurseries reopen and schools reopen properly, that's when we'll take over the world. Okay, um, plan, plan. Women in tech. What are the challenges facing women in tech and how do we solve them?
1: And I think this might be a slightly longer podcast than we've got time for today. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'll do the the top line answer here. There, there's um, it's a question I've been asked. I mean, multiple times on panels and um, in conversations. And it's not it's not a silver bullet. Um, I do have a view on it, and I'll share I'll share the the top line version of that view with you. I think, first of all, um, for those who aren't aware, which I think most people are, the tech industry is fairly male dominated. It's about 17% women, and it, it can be unwelcoming, and it does lack diversity, not just in gender. Um, so it, it, there is a challenge. And I think one of the things when we talk about women in tech and why I think it's so important is that tech is so ingrained in every aspect of business but also in our lives and women's voice in tech um, when we're making products that need to cater for different people and different groups of people is incredibly important. I and mean, if you think back, seat belts, um, crash test dummies are typically models of an average man. Great but women are 73% more likely to be injured in a car accident. So it's kind of where you're creating products and you haven't got that diversity of thought around it. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to things like uh, wearables, um, until recently they didn't account for 50% of the population's specific health needs around periods or menopause. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we have things like the Amazon AI recruitment model that, was trained it was sort of this is like came out a few a few years ago it was trained on um, successful candidates in the past using ai to predict who will be a great candidate of the future and it rejected women candidates because it was trained on a past data set of many successful men and so these are all things that are avoidable if we've got different people in that group talking about the product they're creating so that's why it's important what can we do about it how do we solve this problem so I think for me, it starts really young. So it starts with Andrew, people like you being a new parent. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I think parents realizing that a tech career is a great opportunity, not just for their boys, but for their girls as well, and understanding and encouraging that. I mean, there's so many different roles you can do in tech. Some of them need soft skills, some creative, some problem solvers, some organizers, and it's not all about sitting in a darkened room um, or a darkened basement in front of a computer all day programming. That's not necessarily what tech is. I think it then comes to our school systems. And I mean, teachers are under a really, they have a tough job. They've got to teach a, a, a sort of a subject, which is really fast moving and is changing constantly. Um, and they've got to try and keep up with the curriculum that is quite dry, I think, the way that it's being taught in schools. So I think that's another thing. And the industry, I, I, I think the interesting pairing with schools does make a lot of sense. Um, I think we should be doing more of that. Um, I think role models, oh go
0: on sorry Andrew. No no I, th- I think it's, it's just super interesting because I've got two girls and this is something that I'm really actively thinking, I don't know how to raise girls, I know that sounds stupid but I was a boy, I was one of two boys and so I have to think about this stuff very actively about what do I naturally assume they're going to be interested in when what where does that, because I don't consider myself one of the ists or sexist or racist but there must be these subconscious biases that, that biases that I'm, I must be party to. And so, it, it's...
1: Oh, you've got to own your privilege, I've got to own
0: my privilege. I'm a white middle class male. I've just, I've, you are. I've, got, yep. I've got more privileges than anyone else. It's, it's quite painful at times.
2: Yeah, I suppose it's just about recognising it and I that, yeah. working at it. I just, again, there's no silver bullet with that one. I think. Isn't it?
1: Is fair. Uh, no, and, and to be honest, you know, you need to be careful not to push your children too far in one direction because at a certain point they're going to boomerang back anyway. So yeah. it's, they, uh, they, it's they want to go complex. into tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the
0: answer to the? It's a
1: complex um, <laughs> issue.
0: I know, I know, we, the, the, we got time timing issue, but it, what's the answer to? the idea that there's a certain type of thinking that suits boy that boys have versus girls you know like boys are maybe more technical and logically based and girls women females are more emotionally sensitive
1: really really it comes up I I I think the fact that you've got that you would even ask that question
0: I'm not asking for I'm I'm
1: sorry I'm staging an intervention here because (laughs) it's not it's you know, this is 2020 I know, we've got I... enough going on, Fine. But, for, I... but for that question even to still be posed? But, I
0: mean, But there are I people who pose it. But, it but. but we can say that there's, you know, why are we still seeing racism in society? And we are. I, I just think that this is a question that is still being asked and there are people who, who are asking it. And so it's worth talking about.
2: I think, I think it comes to role models um, and us having role models of teachers and senior women in business that people can see um I think it's hard to be what you can't see and I think that I, that I, that is a um although that applies. is what you are yeah. I mean I, I can't, I can't imagine that you, yeah,
1: but I can't imagine that you saw a lot of chief technology officers who looked like you as you were growing up through your career no,
2: not too many <laughs> I um, was one of um one of two women in my uh, computer science course of 200 so, so you know uh, I, wor- but...
1: I worry about that you, you know do you need to see it to be it because so many women wouldn't have stepped up if that was the case yeah i think yeah. um what 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 people need is is they need to be seeing the excitement in it actually yeah yeah, um, yeah. i think that's and, really and that one and i one think two. you're right i think i think i don't think that the industry at large has been welcoming enough Mm. that's a disappointment it is
2: and i think it's I, I i there's no there is no silver bullet i think the industry is trying to change but it's uh it's a slow evolution too slow um, mm. i think right. i mean i i i think we I, I feel a deep responsibility to try and change things in my own way and i i do that through I mean, trying to be a role model like you have said sue Trying to I mean, I mentor um, young girls, you know, want to go into to tech um, and support organizations. There's a mm-hmm. range of organizations out there, actually. They're doing some really good work on getting more women in tech. So STEM et, STEM ambassadors, developer, they're all um, working with schools and um, making tech exciting, which is, you know, it, it is. Um, and there's some really fun stuff and different roles you can do in tech. It's not all about, as I said, sitting and being a programmer. So I think that's that's really key as well, and I think that's uh, I think we each have to do our bit <laughs> to try and move the needle. Um, but ultimately, I think we can also hire more women and train more women. Um, I think that's I think that's what we've got a responsibility to do. Um, I mean, if I look at MediaCom, I'm actually proud of MediaCom. Um, so I can't take um, I can't sort of take. Credit for all the success because I've sort of come into it an organisation that was was readily formed. But um, my tech team are forty four percent female, um, and I think that is a credit to MediaCom's people first mentality. Um, now it's not perfect. There's areas where I think you know certain tech areas that we haven't got as many females in as as perhaps other areas. So project management tends to be an area where we we you get a, a lot of females in. Though actually, uh, we've got a lot of males in our project management area. So that's really good to see. But I think it is hiring more women and training more women in the industry. Um that's ultimately <laughs> what will move That's the what, it, that's what oh. it
1: comes down to. And I, I mean I think, you know, and back to the kind of the the it you know, sexism like racism is something that anybody who's got any intelligence would just go what a lot of what a lot of nonsense. Or or any experience actually of what of the world. Um I mean, some of the most emotional people I know are men. Some of the most <laughs> logical and ruthless people I know are women. Um, yeah, stereotypes.
2: So, isn't there's there's yeah. a lot of
1: both in that there's, you know, there's, uh, if it, it's 50% of the population. We're not talking about a minority group. We're talking about a group that I think is marginally in the, in the majority actually in the UK,
2: 51%. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of Talent out there that's going to waste at the moment, and if we can attract it to MediaCom, absolutely, that's awesome. Yep, absolutely. So, so come,
2: you, come work at MediaCom.
1: <laughs> come work at MediaCom, you'll be very welcome. So um, you've got a lot on
2: your plate. What's next for you? Oh gosh, um, for me, it's the tech community is really important to me, um, and I think it follows on from everything we've just spoken about. It's sort of a, it's how we. It's the approach I want to take for tech within MediaCom. I want an ecosystem. I want a, um, a collaboration. I want a community. Um, and so, building that capability is is something I um, will be a big focus. Um, and I think next step it'd be sort of scaling some of our products um, and looking for innovation. And I'm I, I think we'll be doing that a lot through the community, and then working closely with our um, Group M. Um, so the Group M are. Looking at the future of uh, reporting and analytics, and I want to make sure that we have a strong voice in what that looks like for Media Common, and what how what we need to make that I'm really, really successful. That we were. Thank with you,
1: me, it. <laughs> it's really good to hear.
0: Yeah. Right, Nadine. On to our regular questions, and they're going to have to be relatively quick fire. So, what is your favourite line from a poem, a song, or a book, please?
2: Um, it's just a line. I'm not sure where it's from. Um, it's. We didn't come this far to only come this far. And I think we can refer that to women in tech. You can refer that to a lot of things. It sort of reflects on how far you've come, the successes, you know, your obstacles, the blood, sweat and tears. And then says, hang on a sec, you don't want to stop here for all of that work you've done. Honor where you've got to and go further. I quite like that as a quote. I love that. I haven't heard
1: that before. I love that. I'll have to Google where it's come from. Yeah, we'll have to look for it. Um, OK, my favourite question. If you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I put in a magic circle to summon you? And I warn you were quite strict about this. You have I, to I've,
2: I've listened to the podcast. I've available. heard how strict you are. <laughs> right. OK. And um, the first one is a suitcase. Not, not only because I enjoy travel and travel for my job uh, when it's not a pandemic, um, but I'm also um, a non-executive on the Visit England Advisory Board. So the National oh. Tourism Agency for England and Britain. Pretty important right now. Ten percent of jobs yeah. sit in tourism yeah. for the UK. So, um, so I definitely put a suitcase in, um, encouraging cool. people to go travel when they can and when it's when it's appropriate. Uh, a flat white, uh, <laughs> just coffee. I have three coffees in the morning to get going. I am a evening person, not a morning person, so need that caffeine. Yeah. Uh, my cat, um, a cat. Is, just a single one, yes. Yeah. No, no, you can't have your cat. Oh, I can't have my cat. Okay. I'm no, allowed to, to share someone available. else's cat. Okay.
1: A commonly available cat. A cat. I can
2: get you a type of
1: cat, but a cat. Okay, a nice
2: cat? Nice cat, okay, good. Okay. Nice cat. What is your cat? What's was? Oh, she's just a rescue cat, so it's a mix of you know, tabby domestic. <laughs> she's very asleep, you. cute. Though. cat. A cute yeah. cat, a cute cat, you know, keeps me amused. Um, my yoga mat. I'm a qualified yoga teacher, so I did my yoga teacher training last year, and that's what keeps me kind of a little bit sane sometimes. Running and the yoga, very good. Running and yoga, that's why I do my strategy. Okay. <laughs> and then my last one is twisties. So they're an Australian cheese snack, kind of like Cheetos, but are much better than Cheetos, if I'm allowed to say that. twisties, <laughs> so. I can get a hold of them. And I'd say I'd like to put everything in an orderly queue as a little nod to my UK, uh, my UK home <laughs> as well rather than a circle so just want to <laughs> put that out
1: there oh I don't never been challenged on the circle before I don't know <laughs>
2: yeah. I to take that to
1: take that to the advisory board okay terrific
2: see what they're saying uh,
0: so we're recording in COVID uh, and assuming that your cat and everything else that's alive in your house is giving you some comfort but what three things in your house are giving you comfort give us specifics
2: okay uh, my garden and I'm very lucky to have some outdoor space uh, particularly during this time that's been it's been really uh, something special um, I've already mentioned my yoga mat and my running gear um, so I can get out and, and mm-hmm. get some thinking time and get out in the fresh air. And then I'd say something maybe a little bit um, well, strange in some ways. And my laptop, uh, not only because I'm in tech, um, but actually for another reason. So I think um, tech is really essential for education, access to services, and even for socialising right now. And... Um, Fifty-three percent of low-income families in the UK don't have access to tech, tech or or broadband. And so, for me, like a laptop is a bit of a—it's it's actually a luxury item um, in social distancing times.
0: That's crazy, isn't it? We're in the minority if we've got access to broadband. That is. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. But that's crazy, isn't it?
2: If you
1: could, we're going to give you the magic power to change the Thanks. industry in one way right now. Um, okay. What
2: would you do? Um, I would change representation. And I think this is uh, quite a timely topic, but um, are, like, the recent PNG study has just shown that sort of LGBTQ plus representation in media changes attitudes. And I think clearly we've got work to, do- to be done in relation to race and Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. Um, and I think it's increasingly critical with the use of AI in personalising advertising. I mean, if you're white and if you're engaging with a white person in an ad- advertisement, and if your tech more likely continue to show you that, then to diversify, then how does that impact your attitude? And so I think AI ethics is going to become really important around that particular area. Um, and so I say representation is the one thing I think we should be really concentrating on. Yeah.
0: Interesting. If we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say?
2: Right, well, my billboard's not going to be trad- traditional out of home <laughs> because um, I'm in tech. <laughs> yeah. So it uses future technology. And The messages appearing on your islands, uh, which you're wearing in the future, or maybe one of your other wearables. Uh, and I might even use some augmented argument, reality just to, uh, <laughs> okay. to do that. And I'd say something along the lines of um, the world needs just a little more kindness. If you give me one thing, be kind.
1: And also Brilliant.
2: visit England. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh,
0: the final question, which you cannot prepare for. Oh, is no. Okay, go. Bruce's questionnaire. <laughs> So if you could, I've got 27 questions. If you could choose a number between 0 and 27, I will ask you this question. You could answer it to finish us off, please.
2: Okay, I'll go number 27.
0: Number 27. How would you like to die, Nadine? (laughs) Oh,
2: gosh. Oh, okay. it's a bit grim i'd love something really dramatic like okay this is going to be quite amusing um you know the scene in independence day where the big alien spaceship comes down the people on top of the building and they kind of get um struck by the uh i don't know the beam i think something dramatic like that an alien alien attack (laughs) there you go great answer (laughs) have you had that one before definitely not (laughs) definitely
0: not
1: and we've never had eyelid posters either before. There no, you know.
0: I'm, my immediate thought is I need an ad locker for my eyelids right now.
2: <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> We're going to optimize the advertising on the eyelid.
0: <laughs> Cost per blinks. <laughs> anyway, Nadine, thank you very much for your time. It's been wonderful to speak to you.
2: Wonderful talking to you. Great to talk Cheers. to you both as well. All right. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.